This morning, we are going to be closing out our message that we started. We've been on it for the last, uh, this will make three weeks. And I have really personally enjoyed teaching and learning about this. Uh, have y'all been getting anything from this? You've been liking it and enjoying it? Has it been good preaching? I hope it's a great reminder that we're not in this life alone. Amen. And it's not even healthy to do life alone. Right? And so many folks are out there struggling doing it alone. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to close this out today, and I'm excited. The Lord's kind of showed me something, uh, a different perspective of what, what being a part of God's family looks like uh, and what, the, what God's family does for us because it's really powerful. Uh, all the needs that he needs for us uh, through people, through him, his provision and his blessings, but it all just comes together and it works together and it, it flows from God to God's people to help God's people. And, that, and that's how it works. It's, just, it's so amazing. So we're going to continue that, that this morning and talk about the importance of having that spiritual family, which we're calling a forever family. Amen. So let's look at that first, that foundational scripture that we gave y'all as we started this a few weeks back. And, and you know, if you want anything to stand, you got to find a promise from God and you got to begin to build it on that promise and on that word of God, and that's, that's what we've done. And so this morning, that promise comes out of Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. And it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Wrap your mind around that statement. It says, even before God made the world, God loved us and chose us. Before. He loved you and he chose you. Even when he knew that you would reject him, he still chose you. He knew even when you'd choose sin over him, he loved you and chose you. Right? And gave you grace to sustain you to get to the place that you're at today. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Amen. In verse 5 it says, this is, what I, this is where we get the, the, the promise of our message, right? If you haven't underlined this by now on week 3, get it underlined. This is the promise we're standing on in verse 5. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own, what? Family. There it is, right? To adopt us and invite us into his own personal family. God's own personal dining table has a seat with your name on it. Right? By bringing us through himself into Christ Jesus, which he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. It makes God happy to make you happy. It makes God joyful to meet your needs. All right, let's look at that first point as we look back at what we've been talking about as we um, get through the recap points this morning. So that first point, we said every single person on the planet needs three things. God, love, and family. In one monumental eternal act, God gave us all three through Christ. In one eternal act through Jesus Christ, God solved all those three problems with one, I don't want to, well, he was man, he was fully man, but he was fully God, and his name is Jesus Christ. Uh, and all those three things work perfectly together in harmony to benefit our good, right? You can't have a pure, holy love without God, right? So people think and know that they, they need and want love, but the love that you can get only from the world is it, it, it is, is tainted. It, it's temporary. It's adulterated. It's manipulated. It's not real love. And so it has to start with God and goes in this order. God, 
love, and family. So God is love. He gives us the love. And then a, a family, an earthly family that does those three things in the right, correct order, God can begin to flow from the top on down and through, right? And then it's expanded to a, a church family, which we're calling a forever family, a spiritual family that extends even beyond our, our family families. Right? Because not all of us grew up with a, a perfect family. There is no perfect family, right? But some of us grew up rough and tough and poor. Uh, and some of us have been uh, hurt and abused. Am I the only one? Right? And so God knows that some of us are going to be born into a family that may even reject us. We talk about the world rejecting us, but sometimes our, our, our actual families rejected us. And so why do you think it's important that we need a forever family? Because when your family family is the problem or your family family rejects you, where do you have to go if you're not living for the Lord? Right? And so God met all those needs in one eternal act through Jesus Christ. Amen. That next point. So there is nothing like the family of God. You are a part of the kingdom of God. It's, if you are a part of the kingdom of God, it is forever. Somebody say forever. forever. It is eternal. It is irreplaceable. And it is invaluable. The kingdom of God is, I think I say this a lot. I feel like I, <laughs> I say this all the time. As a pastor, sometimes you feel like you say the same things over and over and over again. But I love the kingdom of God. I love you. All of you. And wasn't that an amazing picture of what God did to, 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 to disrupt our, our, our normalcies this morning? He showed me that perfect picture of how a forever family works. We surround each other. Right? We support each other. We hurt when others that we love are hurting. Right? We're in the trenches together. Right? Because that's what the family of God is. And you can't put a price tag on that, right? You can't put a price tag on, on that, that immediate feeling of peace that some of these folks felt this morning in Jesus' name. You can't put a price tag on some of the miracles that maybe God answered this morning in Jesus' name or is going to answer in Jesus' name. There's nothing like that. You can't find those things anywhere else in the world. Nothing in this world can supply those things that I'm talking about. Only the kingdom of God, only the family of God, right, can do those amazing things. And those things are available to anyone, somebody say anyone, who is willing to come and look at Jesus for themselves. Not judged by what you've done, what you haven't done, by your sins. If you come to church with a hungry heart, a willing spirit, a, a spirit that says, I'm going to repent for my old ways and I'm going to look to God the Father, God can meet you. Amen. He can work in through you. That's all it takes. It's a hungry heart, a willing spirit, open eyes and open ears. And that, those promises are available to anyone that does those things. That next point. And this is what we talked about last week. Last week, we kind of focused on the growth of the kingdom of God. And as a pastor, I'm always thinking about growth. I'm always talking about growth. I'm always asking God, how can we grow our church? And really, the thing I felt like he showed me was the key to us growing our church is to not forgetting where God has brought us. And not, not getting, getting a too spiritually mature that we forget about what God has really wanted to do through us. 
and not getting so uh, self-focused and self-stuck on my problems. And I know we all have problems and we need to be dependent on the Lord, but I can't get so focused on me, me, me that I'm losing sight of what God wants to do around me. And so the key for us to growing the family of God and growing God's forever family so that one day they can enter into the eternal gates of heaven is that the family of God is not, somebody say not, a closed club. Right? Y'all know Liberty Church, these doors are open to anyone who will come. Right? It's all-inclusive. It's all-accessible to anyone who decides to follow Jesus. As believers, we must be willing to accept and love others right where they are, just as God did for us. Just as God did for me. Liberty Church, God used Liberty Church to build Ian from ground zero, ground negative zero. And you know what? This morning, I can stand up here and say I'm proud of the Ian that Ian has turned into. And I don't say that in a proudful, boastful way. It's nothing that I've done. It's all been by the grace of God. And he used Liberty Church to do it. And I've been spending every day since that day I got restored and said, God, okay, I'm going to trust you with my life. Trying to thank him and reproduce that life of God that happened for me. And so the kingdom of God is so vast. The opportunities, we talked last week, we read the scripture, right, where Jesus said that the, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few, right? There is so many lives and souls just waiting to be adopted into the family of God. Yesterday, uh, the Holy Spirit got onto me, and uh, me and Xander were having a, a dude's day at the house, you know, just underwear and junk food and cartoons. Well, he wasn't eating junk food. He was eating healthy yogurt bites and little baby rice cakes. Uh, the sugar boo was off at, what was it, Shades, some, some. Shades, Sips, and Sensies. Y'all see her after church so she can explain what that is. But we were just hanging out watching cartoons, an old Disney classic. Uh, y'all remember The Lion King? What you know about Lion King? Yeah. Our worship leader. And... I was sitting there on the couch with my son, and just like I said, uh, and you know, you know the Holy Spirit can even speak to you through a Disney movie? You just have to be available. Somebody say available. You have to be always filled up and prayed up, and God can speak to you through a movie. He speaks to us in all sorts of ways. But there's a moment in the movie where uh, Mufasa, uh, Simba's father, early in the movie, he brings his, uh, Simba up to the, the rock. And he's, he's, he's teaching Simba, ha- having a moment, and he's talking about their kingdom. And Mufasa looks at Simba. They're sitting together. The camera pans back, and it's just daddy line and the baby line and the whole vast, uh, as far as the eye can see, right? And he says, Simba, our kingdom is everything that the light touches. That's good. He said, I said, he said, our kingdom is everything that the light touches touches. Come on, Holy Spirit. Our kingdom, church family forever, is everything that the light touches. Come on, somebody. And you know that the light is what dispels the darkness. Somebody even in darkness needs somebody walking in the light to come and lay their hands on them. Everything is the Lord's, he says. He wants to redeem everything. And we got to, I said, Lord, I'll take that. I'll write that, I'll share that. 
And you know what? Sometimes Disney does right, I guess. <laughs> but let's get that in our spirits. Everything that the light touches, God wants to adopt. God wants to bring in. God chooses. God names. God calls. God appoints. And he's just waiting for a willing vessel to do that, right? Here's one last little nugget for you. Everything that the world rejects, God selects. Everything that the world rejects, God selects. And so we're all going to be rejected. It's just a matter of time. And in that moment, God selects you. He says, are you ready? You've been ignoring me. I've been coming at you your whole life. Let's do this thing. Right? That's our Father. That's His love. That's His compassion. Let's look at Luke 5, 30 through 32. It says, But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to their sect complained to His disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and what? Sinners. Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus came to save sinners who knew they needed a Savior. That's it. None of us are ever going to get any better without the Son of God. Uh, and even when we think we got it all together, we still have something we need to work on. And that's why Jesus came. He sat with sinners and tax collectors, it says. And so Liberty Church, hear me, we're going to do what Jesus did. <laughs> because he's who I believe in. He's who my hope's in. And we're going to try our best to do it, the things the way that the Son of God has done it. And so Jesus came for sinners who know they need a Savior. As a church, we're going to allow sinners to come into our church who know that they need a Savior. Amen. That's why we are doing what we are doing. That last recap point. So to continue to, to see God's kingdom grow, flourish in advance, we have to be willing to get to work, get dirty, and do the hard things others may not be willing to do. What else is family for anybody ever got with your family and y'all, you, you, you got dirty and you, you accomplished some goals around the house or something or you're, you're building something together? There's nothing like that sense of doing it together, right? Hear me, ministry is messy. <laughs> if you have been in the ministry, if you've served, you know that ministry is messy, man. But hear what I'm saying. Yes, it's challenging. You know what? And it's even heartbreaking, but it is the most life-giving thing that I've done with my life and the most rewarding thing that you and I get to do together. Amen. You know, I see people come, get connected, and then they go back out there. And it breaks my heart. It's one thing when you don't know the truth, right? But then when you come and you sit and you find out who you are in the image of God and you know, we all mess up and some of us go back out there. And coming from addiction and recovery, I have, there are so many people I have seen that I knew that I was in Teen Challenge with, that I was even in the Sunshine House with, that are not here any longer. They're dead. They're gone. And I don't know how they, where they were spiritually at that last moment. Only they and God do. Right? And when you boil it all down, that's all that it matters is, how are you and God today? Right? Ministry is messy, but it is essential for the growth of the kingdom of God. Amen? It's how God um, nurtures and expands his family and helps to meet the needs of those uh, who are hurting. Okay? Let's look at that first new point for this morning. And so as we kick this, this, this last... Um, Help me, Lord. Week off. I felt like the Lord was 
showing me something that we, we know and we talk about all the time, but we just, we don't really necessarily grasp. And that's what eternity is. And what forever means. Because those are really kind of just words. Because we don't know what forever and eternity really looks like. And so since the kingdom of God is eternal, Christians, you and me, Liberty Church, Holly Pond, LCHP, we have a major duty and responsibility because we know that truth. We must actively be passing on the knowledge and truth of who God is. That responsibility and that duty of what you and I know to be real, what you and I know to be truth, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is Savior, and all those who believe in him will be promised eternal life, that responsibility of delivering that message to any and everyone that will listen to us is got to be the most important thing on the forefronts of our minds. Because if I know that, that truth and that, that forever truth, why would I not be sharing that with everyone who would listen to me? Right? Because it's that, it's that important. There are going to be people, millions of them, that will die and not be, be allowed into heaven because, not because God sent them there, right? Because they sent themselves there themselves. By denying and rejecting God over and over and over again. Right? And so the kingdom of God, the family of God, we have to be actively passing on the knowledge of what God has shown us and done through us on our lives here so that the life of God will continue to live on even after I pass on into eternity, the seeds of the eternal God will still be being born and being blossomed and continually working together for God's good, right? John 14, 5 through 7. And I say this scripture all the time, but I just want to use it this morning uh, because this is how we prove that we know the truth, right? We know the truth. And, and this is Thomas he, he said to him, to, to Jesus, he said, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, right, what did he say? He said, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. We know the truth, guys. And we, we know what the truth said. He said, no one, I said, no one will enter the gates of heaven and, and meet my father unless they first come through what? Me, which is Jesus Christ. You need to be sharing that with your family, your family family, if they're not all saved. Because one day they're going to die and pass away. And do they know the truth? Do they know the way? Do they know the life? We need to be sharing this with anybody at work. Because do you know what? You hear a lot of Christians say, <laughs> well, not a lot, but you'll hear it from time to time. You know, I got my fire insurance. Is that the love of God? <laughs> I'm good. I know I'm going. That's pride. That's not the love of God. 
And I know there are times when we, we feel like we've maybe been ministering to somebody or we're pouring out to somebody. And, you know, you just feel that resistance. You know, you think and question, are they really going to get this? Are they going to get this? Hear me. If I really love them, you know, maybe I retreat for a while, but you stay on those folks because their eternal life is depending on it. You might be the only person that God is sending into their life to reveal truth and to show love and to show compassion. Amen? And why would we not want to share this truth? We get to help people and, on top of it, enlarge God's kingdom at the same time. You get to help people and adopt them into the family of God at the same time. Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is our responsibility as believers to make sure we are passing on what we know. This is how we pass on what we know. To pass on the life of God when I'm, when I'm excuse me, dead and gone. The life of God is passed on through my sons, my daughters, their sons and their daughters. And it's a seed of faith that is eternal. Even when we die and pass on, God still gets the glory here in this place. But you got to do the hard part. you got to be responsible. you got to do the duty in raising them in the truth. Right? And that doesn't stop with our kids. You, you, can, you can speak truth to anyone that will listen, like I'm saying. And, and that's really how we pass this, this torch of faith. Somebody say torch of faith. It's, it's what it is. We're all running a race, right? And, and we all have the torch of life right now. What are you doing with that torch? And that's how we pass that torch of faith and truth that will continue to live on beyond us. That torch of faith will live on beyond you and me. How awesome is that? Right? It's bigger than we can ever think or imagine. It's, it's, it, it's really mind-blowing when you think about it. The next point. So once we've made that decision, I hope all of us have made that decision to first follow Christ. I hope and pray that uh, Liberty Church is your home church. If not, I'll help you find a great, healthy home church to go to. Uh, if, you, if Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, I promise you today there'll be a moment where you can make that decision and you can get to do that and change your life forever, right? But so once we've decided to make that decision to live for God and be a part of God's family, two things happen. And this is really what the Lord was showing me that I'm excited to share with us this morning, okay? A heritage is passed. The moment you say yes to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to do this thing. A heritage is past and a legacy is forged. Somebody say legacy. A legacy is forged. And inherently, the legacy and heritage of Jesus' life are available to anyone who will believe. Legacy and heritage, those are two amazing things. Some of y'all may be sitting there thinking, aren't they kind of the same thing? And, and they are, but they're really different. The Lord was showing me that they're, that they're different. Legacy and heritage... They're both uh, can be inherited. They're both passed on, okay? But heritage is more of a tangible thing. It's something that I, I'm born into. It's, it's actually the tangible materials of, of my life. Uh, and legacy is more of this, this invisible 
thing that I can't necessarily touch, but its effects are real in my life. Right? And so the moment you say yes to God, Jesus says, hear me, legacy and heritage are yours. His legacy and heritage are yours. And as we say yes to God and the Holy Spirit begins to lead our lives, God wants us to do the same thing. For the family of God. He wants us to forge a legacy as long as I have the torch of life and the torch of faith here on this earth until God calls me home. And he calls me to leave a heritage for my family's family and their family's family that they can have. And this is how it all works together. For our good, for our family's good, for the church house's good. And the Holy Spirit gave it to me like this. It's our legacy that we leave, and it's our heritage that we're born into. What are your kids going to be born into, uh, and what legacy are you going to leave? Because after you pass on, your legacy is final. You can't add to it no more. And so you got to be thinking that as you're living your daily life. Am I doing something worth talking about? Am I doing something for the glory of God that is going to live beyond me? Because as soon as your, your time comes and your moment comes, your legacy is done. It's written. It's final. It's, it's there, but it's, it's done. You can't add to it. And our heritage and our legacy work together. See, Christ, he left the legacy to behold. Think about all the things that Jesus did, the miracles, the healings, the cross. He left the legacy to behold. And then he also at the same time left an, uh, an inheritance of a heritage of the gospel of his life. To work together for your good and my good and the world's good. And he calls us to do the same thing. To leave a legacy and pass on an inheritance. Let's look at John 21, 24 through 25. A lot of people, I don't know if they just read past this, but this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's right at the end of the book of John. He talks about all the miracles. He talks about everything Jesus did. And then he, lead, he ends with this. The disciple who is the one who testifies to these events, he's, John is speaking about himself as that disciple, and has recorded them here. He says, and we know that this account of these things is accurate. It's true. It's real. He says, Jesus also did so many other things. Somebody say other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would even be written. Talk about a legacy. <laughs> all the things that you know Jesus did, and think about all the things you don't even know that Jesus did. John said, if we could write them all down, all the signs, all the wonders, all the miracles... All the books in the world, the, we could write it down and the world would not be able to contain it. Talk about a legacy. And God calls us to take up that same mantle and pick up where Jesus left off, leaving that legacy of God. Let's look at Exodus 34, 4 through 10. We find Moses uh, with the Lord. You know, Moses sat and was with God for 40 days, and the Lord showed himself to Moses. And so this is how I want to explain to us of the heritage of God that is available to us. 
And so at verse 4 it says, So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone, like the first ones. Early in the morning he climbed Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. And he called out his name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Verse 7 is what I want you to get. So I want you to underline. It says, I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. Say a thousand generations with me. A thousand generations. He says, I lavish my love on a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped, and he said, O oh Lord, if it's true that I have found favor with you, let then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but people are, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as our own special possession. The Lord replied, listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere on the earth or in any other nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. This is the heritage that you can have and that you have the power to pass on in this place. The power and the heritage of a blessing to a thousand generations after your life. I praise God that Xander was born into many victories of, of Pastor Jessica and myself. We conquered some demons. Come on, somebody. We slayed some devils. Come on, somebody. I had my struggles. She had her struggles. But we passed on some victories in Jesus' name. You can do the same thing for your children's 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 children. That's the inheritance. That's the heritage of Jesus Christ through the family of God. That's our responsibility. That's got to be our duty. Not just to think about me, myself, and I, and even just my kids, and even just my grandkids, but what legacy and heritage I leave in this place that will be passed on one day will be for a thousand generations to come. You know what? Maybe Ian Westbrook is living the life he's living because a thousand generations before me, there was somebody, come on somebody, that said yes to Jesus. I'm still riding on the coattails of, of his grace. Amen. Amen? That's the type of responsibility that we have with this life. You know what? We're just sitting around wasting it watching Netflix and, and scrolling on our phones and just doing the things. God wants to shake us up this morning and say, this is real. This is forever. This is eternal. What type of legacy and heritage are we living? Let's look at that, that next point. And that's what we have to ask ourselves. The only way to, to, to help the ones that we love is that we have to help ourselves. And, and, and to help yourself, Jesus Christ has to be Lord. That's where we have to start. And so one day our physical bodies will die and pass away and there will be one of two eternal destinations awaiting us. Heaven or hell. That's it. There's no third answer. There's no limbo. There's no, oh, I'm going to die and come back a squirrel or come back a, a lion. We were talking about lion king. Come back a lion. 
No, there's two answers. Heaven or hell. When your day comes, where will you go? What, if anything, from God in your life will be passed on? What will you be remembered for? It has to start with Jesus, right? The only way I can continue to live on after I die in this place is Jesus has to be Lord, and he says, enter in my good and faithful servant. But here's the cool thing that we're not even thinking about. That eternal life matters. But even when I die and pass on, the legacy and heritage that I I forged in the name of Jesus in this place will also live on. (laughs) God covers both sides, both angles. And the only other way for my life to live on and that legacy and that heritage to live on is if I have intentionally loved God and loved others while I'm here. And how do I do that? We do it by accepting them, by training them in truth, by investing in them, by passing on what we know, and by leaving a legacy to follow. I hope and pray that one day when they put me in the ground, that my life will speak for itself. That the legacy and the heritage that I pass on to Xander and Xander's kids and Xander's kids' kids, and that my life will speak for itself. That there'll be an obvious moment when they bury me that says, you know what, he was messed up. He was jacked up. But you know what, there was a moment when he said yes to Jesus. And his life was never, ever the same after that moment. And ever since that moment, he did everything that he could to pass on the message of that message that Jesus is Christ and he is king and he is the rock and he is the savior of the world. Jesus has marked my life. When you're marked, you can't hide it. Are you marked this morning? Are you you hiding the gospel, tucking it down, and and, and doing church on Sunday, and out in the world you just, you don't feel confident and bold enough to, to share about it? It's okay. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. And God wants you to do that. That's how you begin to forge your legacy and leave a heritage for others to step into. Amen. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many, underline that word many, will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare, Jesus says, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Many will have thought that they had done it right, and many will be devastated on that day. These people sound like believers. These people sound like pastors. These people sound like worship leaders. People who thought that they knew, but they didn't really know. And so it's important that we stay desperate for him, desperate for his life, uh, and desperate for his presence in my life so that I don't get lumped in with many others. The lives that we are building and trying to pass on must be built on him. Let's look at Revelations 21, 1 through 4. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and for the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and he shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. 
Heaven is going to be awaiting all those who were patient, willing, uh, and able, and standing on that firm truth. You know what? And the obedience that this, in this life to hold out for that prize of what heaven is going to be. There is a real heaven, and there is a real hell, and there's only two destinations that either you or I can go. That next point. So when we die, we should be remembered for the heavenly heritage we passed on and for the legacy of eternal life that we shared. It is going to be our identity, uh, excuse me, our identity in Christ, the forever family we belong to, and the life of God that we sold while we were here that will be the only thing of eternal value for those that we leave behind. So we can leave a a heavenly heritage, and we can leave a, an eternal life of legacy when God calls us home for the family that we get to leave here that we love and care about. That's the only thing of value that we get to leave behind. It's the only thing of eternal value that we can leave, uh, and that only thing is that life of God. And we must Sow the seeds while we can. You have breath in your lungs today. You need to be sowing seeds of faith. Sowing seeds of faith. That's what Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what? He sows. Whatever sows please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap. There it is, eternal life. You need to be sowing. Hear me. You need to be sowing. <laughs> because if you do, you reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the what? Family of believers. I never saw that in that scripture. It's even more important that we're sowing seed to the family of believers. Yeah, we sow seed to the lost, but we need to be sowing seed of truth to our own family, right? No matter what it looks like, keep sowing. If it looks desperate, if it looks lost, if it looks dead, if it looks like this is never going to happen, keep sowing in Jesus' name. Keep sowing. Let's look at Matthew 6, 20 through 21. And remember, why you keep sowing is because some of the blessings that come won't actually happen in this place. They're actually awaiting you in another place. Does anybody know where that is? Uh, in heaven. Matthew 6, 20 through 21. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For what, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. That's why we sow also, because as you live a life of faith and you sow, you're storing up treasure in heaven awaiting you. So where's your heart this morning? That's where your treasure is. Is your heart in a relationship? Is your heart in your job? Is your heart in your money? Is your heart in your addiction? Is your heart in whatever it is? That's the only treasure you're going to get. Or is your heart all in to living for Jesus Christ. If your heart is all in for living for Jesus Christ, you got a mansion waiting for you. Where moth and, and rust don't destroy, but 
something that has eternal value, eternal blessings are awaiting us. Colossians 3, 1 through 4 is the last scripture I want to give you. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. What? Set your hearts on things above. Where is your heart? Is it set on things above? Or is it set on things here? Set on things in front of you. Because if it's set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, right? Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Let's look at that last point. It says, for where your heart, where your, or, excuse me, where Christ is, your life will appear and then you will appear with him Forever in glory. God's forever family will forever be seated in glory. Are you going to be there? Or are you going to be not there? Because God's forever family is going to be forever seated in glory. How amazing, how awesome of a promise is that. We read about it this morning. No sorrow, no pain, no crying, no tears. He will wipe the tears from our eyes, it says. Paradise beyond your wildest imaginations. And so that has to motivate me to live for God, but that also has to motivate me to forge a legacy and leave a heritage of the gospel of Jesus Christ while I am here so that everybody I love all my family, all my friends get to come experience that with me. Does anybody see that? I want to be there with all of you and all of your family, worshiping the King of Kings forever. No sin is worth it. 50, 60, 70 years here in this place isn't even a road bump in the road of eternity. It's not even a blimp on, on a time scale of what eternity looks like. It's, it's, it's minuscule. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Y'all want to join me in prayers to get ready to close? So if you're here today and you are not a part of God's family, the first step to that is asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. If you have not done that, man, what are you waiting for? I want you to make that decision today. Not just for your benefit, but for your family's, 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 family's benefit. It's bigger than you. But right now, it's all about you because it has to start with you. And so if you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior this morning, right now, we're all praying. If you've already been born again, I want you to pray with me for the lost right now. If you know somebody who's lost, pray for them right now. So everyone's praying and got their eyes closed. No one's looking around. And so if you're here this morning and you want to make Jesus your Lord, right now is your moment. I want to ask you to do something. It's super easy and super simple. Something you do every single day without even thinking about it. But right now it's going to be something special. If you want to make Jesus your Lord, all you have to do is stand up. You do it every single day without even thinking about it. And right now, God wants to make this moment special. If you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, all you got to do is stand up right now. I'm going to give you a few seconds. If God is speaking to you, if he's showing you that you're on the outside looking in, you probably are. And he's saying, come.
Come. Why are you waiting for? Don't wait any longer. Come. I want to be your father. I want to help you. I love you just as you are, but I want to help you get better. We can talk about all the stuff. Just come. Right now, if you want to do that, a few more seconds. Amen. Well, Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, I thank you that this church has shown itself strong and and, uh, saved this morning. So I thank you for that. I thank you for the work of Christ in our lives. God, I pray that this week we would see that everything that we do, every action that we make, every decision that we make lives beyond me. God, every action and decision that I make is, is eternal. If I, if I look at it as legacy and heritage, what legacy am I leaving? What heritage am I, am I leaving for my family to inherit? God, I pray that raises the bar in our lives. That raises the joy in our lives. That makes us know we're doing something that is, is, is invaluable, God, that is eternal and forever. We seal that word this morning. We pray this all in faith, God, and we ask it in the name of Jesus. And everybody here this morning said, amen. Amen. Give God a big old hand. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, we love you guys, okay? Uh, y'all are dismissed. Hope you have a great rest of your Sunday, and we hope to see you again next week, okay? Come back and see us next week. <laughs>